you enjoyed part one of my chat with Carrie Alexander of Bad Bad Hats, where we talked about their 2013 uh, EP, again reissued in 2023, their debut EP entitled It Hurts. Let's go ahead and jump right into part two of my chat. What a crazy story. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I know. I love it. But Hundley, Hundley is so great. He not only had to master a master, but I was also like, so I was kind of like embarrassed to send him my garage band like unmixed oh, boy. demos but he was like he's like i think i was like i got him sound like pretty nice and loud so i was like thank you huntley <laughs> <laughs> i love it for not making fun of me for my garage band demos <laughs> i won't either because this, <laughs> this will be uh mixed in garage band when i'm done okay great. <laughs> <laughs> um so you know I, I usually ask this question earlier because i like to kind of get a feel for uh, where the artist was when they were, you know, writing and, and recording mm-hmm. and initially playing these songs. But um, I don't know that I've ever seen anything in, in the interviews I've read it with you guys and everything. Kind of what what inspires you or what you guys are listening to. Um, if we can maybe take a step back, I don't know if that's possible to go back mm-hmm. to maybe 2012, 13, somewhere in there. I'd love to know what you were, what you guys were listening to, you and Chris, and what, what were you spinning? What were you listening well, to on your uh, iPod at the time? Well, it might be difficult for some people to remember what they were listening to 10 years ago, but it is not actually for me because um, at that point, Chris and I were falling in love. Um, and as I mentioned, we studied abroad different mm-hmm. semesters, which is very tragic. <laughs> um so we were like bad timing i mean basically we like we started dating like a week before our sophomore year ended and then it was summer and then he went to denmark and then in the spring i went to paris so it was like oh my gosh why must we be kept apart but because of that we um exchanged uh mixed cds every month um so as a way to sort of like keep in touch and like also like get to know each other sure um based on like you know the music we're into and um and sharing songs like oh the song made me think of you today um so i remember very distinctly um i was listening to a lot of darwin d's if you remember him i don't he's pretty fun he's got i think it was maybe a self-titled album was the one i was listening to um but like a lot of like really like angular like really unique sounding guitar like i wouldn't be surprised if he was like missing strings like on the guitar like a very interesting guitar sound and like a drum machine like big drum machine Hmm. beats but very poppy melodies like great great songwriting um So, yeah, he's great. And then uh, Jessica Lee Mayfield's album, I think it was called Tell Me. Whatever album has Our Hearts Are Wrong on it, I listened to, like, every day when I was studying abroad. Um, Laura Veers was also getting lots of love from us back in the day, as well as Tallest Man on Earth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I would, those those stand out in my mind as like the heavy hitters when I was writing it hurts. Um yeah. So I I consider myself someone of a somewhat of a music music fan here. I'm surrounded yeah. by records all over the floor and everything, but I hadn't heard of the first three people you mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I it's actually a nice thing about doing this is I pick up like the artists that I love, I get to pick up kind of what they were listening to at the time. And then I go back and listen yes. to it. And uh, that's, I guess, part of the fun. But 
Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I know um trying to think of what Chris was really into. Um I know uh he was listening to um a lot of Auto Lux. Oh yeah. And Beach House oh. and um Mr. Twin Sister, though at the time they were just Twin Sister. I'm not familiar um, with that one. They're really cool. They're actually like, um, they're an amazing group. And it's actually really interesting because they, they're like, their sonic development has gone like in tandem with like Chris's like, like musical interests. Mm-hmm. So like they started out like the album we were listening to like in 2011 is very like cool, like, um, indie pop kind of like vibey um but pretty classically it feels like indie Mm -hmm. um but they've gotten way more into like a lot more like synth driven music and like sort of like electronic like dance energy that's like really experimental Hmm. um yeah they're amazing wow okay yeah Boy, you hit me up with a bunch of things. I've I know never heard of. you got. Yeah, you got. Yeah. You got to do some listening. Yeah, so I do get. I do get criticized for not being super open-minded. Okay. <laughs> um, even though I was just looking over here, and I have, you'll appreciate this. So my my buddy John, who's one of your biggest fans, by the oh, way. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. We did a little record swap because I had too many of something. I can't remember what it was, but or he did. Yeah, he had too many of these. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. So. Um, so he, I happen to have too many, and I won't say it. Okay. I had too many of these. Oh. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> big fan over here. But um, yeah, so so we swapped these. But I, I'm kind of known for not really like I kind of branch out, but I stay yeah. very much in my lane. Yeah. Um, but but I I love this because like now that I've heard these from you guys, when I'm kind of going back and editing, I'm gonna go check all those out. I think I think you'll enjoy them. Yeah. I mean, Laura Veers. Um, it's like wonderful. It's like folky. Okay. And like, she writes a lot, like a lot of her lyrics are like very like nature focused. Sure. And I find her very, um, relaxing and amazing. Jessica Lee Mayfield, that album, she's got this amazing voice. That's like very, like, she's like a very specific accent. Hmm. Um, it's like, I don't, I think she's from Ohio, but it's like a Southern <laughs> accent. Um, but, uh, Dan Auerbach, produced it oh yeah um so it's very like it feels like a country like drum machine record wow. almost like like a jj kale like yeah. evolution or something um so yeah would recommend yeah no you got me thinking on those i mean i i like the uh country drum machine sound that's like yes. one of my favorite genres out there yeah <laughs> <laughs> um switching gears again back to the ep um you know, I've spent many, many a day and night, lunch break, whatever, staring at your face on mm. my phone yep. because it is the cover of the EP. Um, yes. And I've I've spent time looking at the glasses and I'm looking at them again. Um, I, I can't really explain. So it's a picture of Carrie <laughs> um, with a big bad, bad hats, black uh, like badge with white kind of cursive yep. writing. Um, but. I would say the thing that catches your eyes the most is she's wearing what I believe to be maybe paper glasses with glittered lenses. Yep. That's right. So what was the idea behind this? So (laughs) I think that, so we've actually always had a problem of 
forgetting to think about the album artwork until like the very last minute and then we're like "Uh uh-oh like what are we gonna do for the album artwork (laughs) and I don't like fully remember the story but I know that I was really into like collaging Mm -hmm. at the time Mm -hmm. like I would I would go to um there's a place called art scraps in town that just sells art scraps of many varieties and so i would go and like buy like a bunch of like national geographic magazines or like old magazines and just cut them out and put them together for like band like posters like show posters and and just for like for fun at home um so i'm sure that i had like some of that stuff like lying around and i assume it was like what if we taped the paper sunglasses to my face <laughs> and maybe they'll stay on and I'll look like I'm wearing sunglasses <laughs> and that could be the album cover. I, so I don't know that there was like that much thought behind it, but it ended up being, you know, kind of cool. Well, you know, I will say um, it's, it's super recognizable. So, yeah. you know, if it, it's a cover that I'm just looking at it, like I would never like ever forget it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like some covers you're, you're like, yeah, it fits the music. It's good, but it's like, I don't know this one. I think maybe because it's actually a photo it's right. right. It's a view. Um, it's definitely memorable. And you know, I, since I got the, uh, since I got the record, I haven't looked at the back very much. And now I see there's like, there's like, well, another... the back is cool because yeah. we, it had never had a back right. cover before because it had never been a physical form. So we just made the back cover. And like I said, I was like, well, I remember I was super into collaging. So I should collage some stuff for the oh, back. Oh, Carrie, that's the secret. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So those of you that, that don't own this, but you need to, yeah. um, and not only for the music, but for the artwork. There are like like two, uh, which I don't believe are Polaroids, but they're made to look like Polaroids. Maybe I'm not really they sure. Are maybe they, they are Polaroids. They are Polaroids. Yes, okay. that we took at the time. Oh yeah, I see. It's hard to see down here, as you can see. It's yeah. kind of dark. Yes. Um, but yeah, but then around them, and as well as the song titles, are are kind of like uh like I don't know what do you call this like this is collaging. It is, is yeah. Okay. Yeah. This reminds me of like a serial killer like letter when you cut yeah, all the letters, sure. you know? Yes, it is like a ransom note. A ransom yeah, a ransom note. note. Yeah. That's, it. That's it. Sorry. Got a little dark there for a minute. Um, but no, I love I love the cover. I love the story. I, I, I think it's funny because I love all your covers and I would have I would have not thought that um that they were kind of like somewhat of an afterthought, you know? Yeah, I would afterthought yeah, I don't want to say they're an afterthought, but I will say we we were like scrambling a bit we are scrambling a bit every time <laughs> but i think it led to it led to good things because like for instance psychic reader again we were like we don't have a cover what are we gonna do oh my gosh um but the moon um that was just a print that our friend made that we bought from her and ha- was hanging in our apartment um oh. so we're like what are we gonna do what are we gonna do, what are we gonna do? and it's like you look up and you're like wait a second like it's hanging right there like on our <laughs> wall like we'll just do that so so yeah, so that like worked out perfectly. I love um it. and then they yeah, like the Walkman cover. Um our friend Simon just messaged us and was like, Hey, like, love your band. Like, I drew these three little guys, like, don't know if you could use it for something. And I'm like, uh huh, I could use it for something. How about an album cover? I think it's um and and I, I would have loved to have spent 
you know, an hour talking about the new album because I, I there's a lot of things I really, really love about it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but the but yeah, the cover of that is is again, I think even though you guys kind of like scramble at the end to pull it all together, and that maybe not in this case, but um, that fits. That yeah. fits that album so well. I have to agree with the second he sent that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just like meant to be. <laughs> yes, no, it's really what really perfect. Um, so when when you guys opened for Margaret Glassby at yeah. the Loving Touch again, that's where I was introduced to you guys. Um, again, like I said, I I love Margaret. I really do. In fact, I've got I think I've got all of her albums here. Um, but I I felt like you guys were the pleasant surprise, the thing I didn't expect when I got there. And yeah, there, you you very much interact with the audience, and yeah. I remember that quite a bit. Um, is it natural for you to to do that? Why do you like? Where does that confidence come from? I guess would be the best way to, because you know a lot of artists, you know what I'm saying. They go up, yeah, and they they're they're just not super comfortable in that. But you're like a hundred percent comfortable. Thank you. Where does that come from? <laughs> well, it is funny because I do feel like it was like all my bantering was like born out of like discomfort. Actually, like uh, initially, yeah. um, where maybe I think I had not a lot of confidence in my actual like guitar playing um but you know i've always been a bit of a ham so i think sort of like she is by the way (laughs) (laughs) so i think like i started to like when the band first got going i would start to sort of tell stories and talk um well i mean one just like practically like you know, you're tuning your guitar and there's like yeah. that awful, awful gotta, silence when you're tuning. Gotta fill it with something. <laughs> gotta fill it with something. So I think I would start to fill the silence and then found that, you know, if I could tell a, a joke or something or tell a story that people seem to respond to positively, that really helped me feel like, oh, okay, like we got this, like we're doing good. Like the audience yep. is like with us, like on our side, like yep. if in the the moments, you know, I can tell a joke and people will laugh and it feels like, Oh, like it helps me feel less nervous and like, okay, like we're all in this together. We're all having fun. Okay. We, we got this. And then it just sort of became, yeah, like a part of the, the show. It is um, a part of the show. <laughs> yeah. To, to tell the stories. And so I've tried to be a little bit better about, um, sort of tailoring it per show. Cause I do like, um, cause sometimes your places where people are like super drunk or just like, yeah. you know, like it's loud and like, it's hard to, to power through. And, um, and I think in some ways it's good, it's good to sort of like, to just sort of keep playing music and get through. But I still like to tell some of my stories cause I feel like a lot of people now like know that that's part of the show. And like, yeah. if even one person sort of comes up to the, the merch channel is like, oh, I'm so glad you told that story about something. Or like, I love to hear about the background or something. Like, I'm always happy to sort of power through, even if some drunk guy is like, play the, you know, like, yeah. shut up. Freebird, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I and, and I think it's, I think it's endearing. I mean, I, I, I don't think I had ever been to a show where there was like that level of banter. Yeah. And I've been obviously to a lot of shows too. Um, but I, I, it's been what, like six years now? Since I, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was almost because it was in January of 17 we saw you yeah, guys. That's so, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, um, and I still remember like, like kind of 
like la- like laughing out loud like yeah. you're really funny <laughs> and the stories are funny and 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 I think you're right I think not only does it it serve a need um you know as far as like logistically trying to tune my guitar and stuff but it does make you're kind of like you know hey they're still like you said they're still supporting us they're still listening yeah if i can get a laugh out of somebody i know i haven't lost them yet right right yeah yeah, yeah and that helps feed your confidence i'm sure you know yeah particularly in the earlier days you know yes definitely yeah. yes that's yeah. where it all began with i switch i had like an ancient guitar that like was really hard to tune it would take me forever and you know chris and noah would be like come on come on uh, and so i'd be like so how's everyone <laughs> doing <laughs> how about those timber wolves yeah. huh? <laughs> so you know we're going to hear another track uh and, and we're kind of coming to the end here carrie this has been a wonderful conversation yeah, thank a lot you. of fun hopefully you've uh felt comfortable yes definitely yeah and in sharing kind of like the story behind this this ep it hurts um again 10 year anniversary this year 2023 buy it uh, wherever fine records are sold these days. That's right. Um, I try to buy direct from the artist if possible, um, but sometimes that's not possible, but whatever. Yeah. So go ahead. If you do, you do get a thank you note from me. Oh, and that's why I got the thank you note. (laughs) (laughs) I hope. Um, We're going to hear another track. This is a fantastic one. And and I'm going to go out on a limb here a little bit. And I, I wrote this down after... Um, after I kind of finalized the questions mm-hmm. and um, because I was listening to 9 a.m. over and over again the last couple of days mm-hmm. and I feel like out of all the tracks and, and, and you may not agree and, and that's yeah, you would know better than I would but okay. as just a casual <laughs> listener I feel like having now heard the the most recent LPs that that track seemed to give me a little glimpse of like the future. Mm-hmm. And a very straight and, and not not a direct it's not it's not like a one to one like hey this is what they're going to sound like but yeah the more I listened to the EP the more and more I picked up like this is where they're where they're going and I may be completely wrong but that's just my take on it yeah um, so let's go ahead and give the track 9am a listen and for those of you who who maybe are are familiar with Bad Bad Hats you know more recent albums um, see if you agree. So we'll go ahead and give 9 a.m. a listen.
So we just heard the song 9am from uh, the It Hurts EP. And uh, I wonder if you you out there listening feel the same way I do about it being a small glimpse into the future of Bad Bad Hats. But either way, it's a great track. Um, I've got Carrie here from Bad Bad Hats. Again, Carrie, thanks for joining me. It's been great. Thank you. Um, I wanted to to um, to talk a little bit about something that I mentioned a little earlier about this uh, upcoming tour this year. Oh, yeah. You and, uh, and Chris, and I'm not sure if you'll have anybody else touring with you, but um, kind of put out a call to uh, basically everybody. Yeah. Saying that if you have uh, if you have some living room space that can accommodate a really really big number of people, but not too big because they're too, out there. Yeah. Um, do you want to host us? So, where did this idea come from? How's it going? Um, again, I'd love to have you here, but I'm looking around and I don't unless okay. I move the treadmill <laughs> and stuff. I don't think it's going to happen. So, how this come about? Well, I don't know if are you familiar with the artist David Bazan? Uh, no, another one you stumped me on. Um, or Pedro the Lion. Yes. Okay, so David Bazan is the lead of Pedro the oh, Lion. Oh, got it. Okay. Yes. Um, and David Bazan, to my knowledge, kind of like uh, revolutionized the living room tour. He was the only person I had ever heard of who had done this before. Oh. Um, but it was sort of like his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because he is such like an engaging performer and like um i think really enjoys like the connection with fans and has done a lot of like different interesting things like to i think partially to like make money but also to sort of release his music in interesting ways to like go directly to the fans so i know he would do a thing where like um you pay like sort of like a patreon like pre-patreon you know where you sort of like subscribe and um you get like exclusive songs from him he would like release a song like every other month or something um and yeah he would do these living room tours um just him and a guitar um and it's just like a really unique setup um and i think also we had sort of a glimpse of this um from like so far i don't know if you remember that like company um would do yeah, they would do the that was like their whole thing that they would help set up like uh living room or like backyard shows. You know what? Now that you say that, that was way deep in my memory. Yeah. Whoa. It was like it was like 10 years ago yeah. that I think they were like pretty big. Yeah. Um so yeah, so we had like known about this concept but like was never something like I think we did like a so far show or two. Mm-hmm. Um which is fun, but um we hadn't really thought about it again, um, but uh, Khan, for some reason, like in the last year, like got in his head. He was like, he's like, Bad Bass like has to do living room tours. Like it would be <laughs> perfect. Like it's like Carrie, like your storytelling, like it just like makes so much sense because like we've also had shows where like you know we'll be in like kind of like a weird theater, like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel quite right for like a rock show, and like to dispel any sort of like tension or weirdness i'll just be like anyone have a question like anyone (laughs) everyone doing good so calm was really like he's like i think it would be like a really good fit um and then when this um when the it hurts ep release came out i was kind of like you know what i think he is right like it feels like a perfect pairing with the ep which is something we made like in our bedroom um in small spaces with basically just an acoustic guitar and a kazoo um 
and to have that ability to be close to the fans and do Q and A's and sort of give them the background of the EP and sort of tell stories about 10 years of making music. Mm -hmm. Um, that felt like it would be really fun. So, um, yeah, so it will be, um, even though it was all Khan's idea, it will be me and Chris, (laughs) um, (laughs) traveling around, which will be interesting because Chris and I have never toured just the two of us. It'll be like date night tour yeah yeah how fun will that be huh <laughs> i know i think it'll be kind of fun <laughs> so i can't wait i can't wait hopefully you guys do make it through either grand rapids or detroit either way yes. I, I will be there great uh, my daughter lives in grand rapids just outside okay. in fact i you know she's she's at a university there and i was gonna say well university would be great they'd have you but then that kind of gets away from what you're trying to do so i get it yeah we're trying to i we're we're open to like um non like living rooms like um p- some people have suggested like coffee shops or like yeah. galleries like i think any space like that that's like we can you know like a small crowd that we can you know not be um mic'd up basically yep. would yep. be would be nice so yeah we're open i'll share i'll share some ideas in grand rapids and detroit oh yeah off- offline with you yeah great um i don't know if you have any yet but um i can't i i don't ha- has it been harder than you thought to do this or no it has been interesting because we're so used to just saying hello everyone like here are the dates tickets are for sale so it's weird to have an extra step of like we want to go on tour but we can't (laughs) go on tour unless you like basically like provide the tour (laughs) and feed us and let us sleep there (laughs) yeah well no you don't have to let us sleep there all we need all we need is uh a space to play music. We we will we lodge and feed ourselves. Okay. okay. Um, Good. But yes, but yeah. So I think it has been weird because some people it's a little confusing because some people are like, oh yay, like you're coming to Grand Rapids, and it's like, well, we're not coming to Grand Rapids <laughs> unless you have a living room that we can play. In. <laughs> I love that. So it has been a little hard to communicate because we're not used to talking about it but so far we've gotten a lot of applicants and That's awesome. it, yeah it seems like it's going to come together so i'm excited cool yeah, I, yeah. When I when i first saw it i was like what are they doing I'm like, that sounds like a logistical nightmare. Well, yes. Thankfully, we are working with a company who is okay, helping good. us. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Yes, I am not doing this myself. Undertow Music is the company that helps David Bazan oh, do okay. his living room tour. So we knew that they knew what they were doing. Oh, um, and yes, I it is very, better. yes, it is very well run. There will be like a place to buy tickets like formally and all that. Got it. So yes. I won't have to like go to like Burger King or anything like that locally no, no, here? No, no, okay. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will be there either way. Detroit, Grand Rapids, please make it Detroit. Okay. But, but if not, if it's Grand Rapids, I'll visit my daughter while I'm there. Okay, great. Either way, it's good. And maybe I'll bring her along too. So Nice, great. This is always kind of a weird question for me to ask, but I almost ask everybody I, I speak to. And some people are more thoughtful. Others uh, just kind of go, yeah, nothing. Okay. Um, but is there anything during the recording, the writing, the, uh, the initial phases of It Hurts that maybe you would have done different? Um, well, one thing I may have done differently is for some reason we, well, per our last conversation, I would have made sure I had 
my the mixes in a digital file in yeah. my on my computer okay. um but one thing that's kind of funny about because i actually i am actually still like really happy with the arrangements yeah. and the instrumentation of yeah. that ep like i i think it all it's like Maybe if I was doing it now, like I would approach it differently just because of like all the knowledge I have now. But like, I really think like it all suits those songs like perfectly. The acoustic guitar, the, the rim clicks, the kazoo, like it all, that all like really makes sense to me Um, still. So I still feel, I still feel good about that. I stand behind okay you're like you're like most of the people i talked i try no but i I will say okay i will say that one thing i do wish i had done like a few more like vocal passes yes on some of them because that that was like uh that was like the last thing we did Mm -hmm. and i don't think i had ever done like vocal recording like in a serious way before right and i don't really like feel bad about them like in and now that like those are the vocals and like they just you know are immortalized in that way um but i remember like even like soon after the ep came out i was kind of like well i remember we got a mix um back for one of the songs i don't remember which one and i was kind of like oh like is that the is that the vocal? It's like, well, yeah, it's that's like, something. yeah. I was like, yeah, like that's like what you recorded. And I was like, oh, like it yeah. sort of like didn't occur to me to like have the same sort of like like mentality with doing the vocals because I was so used to just like Garage Band like slap the space bar yeah. and go, you know, just sing like one pass through and like comping was like not a. Uh, concept to no, me no no not, not um, when you're first recording your first you do, you don't think about that stuff yeah so it's not yeah. it's i wouldn't i wouldn't say i like regret any of those vocals but i do think that like some i think like younger me especially like you know march of 2013 like the ep came out in january 2013 march 2013 me was like oh i wish i had done more vocal passes but <laughs> at this point it's like you know that's people people like it the way it is they don't know it any other way so yeah and as as a as a fan um you know and knowing kind of the aesthetic and the ethos of the recordings i almost yeah. feel like you know that would have obviously that's all we would have known right so right. yeah but i mean like hearing it now I, I feel like the singular vocal is um just it feels more appropriate than thinking yeah. about like dual yeah. track stuff so um, I'm getting a little geeky here for everybody, but yeah. I think I, I, I love it the way it is. And, and yeah, um, yeah. sometimes, you know, and, and when I asked about the regrets and things, people are like, I don't regret anything. And right. I don't, and, and a lot of times I'm like, no, I don't mean like, it doesn't have to be the recording. It can be right, all right. kinds of other stuff because a lot of things happen during the writing and recording, yes. people coming and going and all this kind of stuff. And um, so, no, that's fair. The one yeah. question I have that I'd like to end on, um, it should be a fairly simple one for you. And I, I don't think I've really shared this with you yet, this question, but okay. um, you and Chris obviously are, are together. Yeah. So it's not only a labor of, of, um, of love, but it's obviously a relationship. Um, when it comes to the band, 
how would how would you define success for bad bad hats ultimately what does success look like so that is a great question and it is something that i have um sort of i don't want to say struggled with but something that like maybe it's like changed it's like yeah it kind of goes through phases um and i think partially because i as you may guess from my personality, I was a very uh, overachieving young person <laughs> in school. Young lady. Um, yeah, yeah, young lady. I um, was the valedictorian of my high school. Oh, wow. Um, you know, prided myself on like scholarly excellence. Sure. Um, and then when I graduated college, it was like absolutely lost because i was so used to defining myself by like a grading system sure. that was very clear like very you know like we all understand like yep. what what the the best is in like a scholar in a school sort of context sure. and to like lose that was very difficult for me and then to pursue a career in something like music, which like is like <laughs> there's like nothing to be like the wild west. You got you know like there's no like report card for like yeah. indie rock bands, or like a finish um, line, yeah, right. So it is. It has been difficult for me. Even I mean, I'm ten years in now, and it's it's still sometimes hard for me and my personality to feel like I'm doing a good job or like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing or I am like succeeding. Mm -hmm. at this because it is very like nebulous and kind of unending like yep. as you can go like as far as you want to go which is also kind of exciting because like Heck yeah like you know you can kind of make it what you want to make it like there aren't it is not rigid in that way um so i think at first it was like um i think at first yeah i would have probably defined it when i was young as like you know um like good press or yep. something and yep. i think quickly i was kind of like well that's part of it and i like i like good press but i don't think that's how i'm gonna define the success of my band then it was kind of like well then maybe it's like you know like how many shows you play or maybe it's like this or maybe it's this um and i think the first thing the first thing i wanted was to it's like can i make a living mm -hmm. off of this um and we did achieve that and that felt really good and that did feel like kind of like a nice goal to accomplish yeah. but um but at this point i think it is sort of like um succeeding in this band feels more like um is it um still fun is it and fulfilling mm -hmm. um and are we sort of like uh is the art sort of still like progressing and and still a joyous act um because i think too we are even starting to feel like you know it's like um making a living out of music was amazing but even even now sort of like oh but like i could see how if i had like another job i could be you know uh more like uh, choosy about you know how many shows I play in a year so sure. like already we're kind of like walking back like that marker of success sort of mm -hmm. like well I don't know maybe you don't have to do music like all day every day to pay your bills 
um, and still feel like you're succeeding at music. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess basically the answer is like, it's different every day, but I think I'm trying to feel like, um, the best thing is, um, to, to continue to be able to share my music and have people listen to it. That does feel very, um, fulfilling. And we just played a, a show in town, um, to celebrate the record and just to hear people sing along, you know, after all these years, the songs like that does, that does feel like the the a pluses of my youth that's right that that's yeah. the rock star moment right yes <laughs> playing your 10-year anniversary and people are singing along that's right carrie i think i think you answered that really well and you know it, it's unique the band that i played in with my friends mario and rose they're married as well mm-hmm. and um and so i get i get that dynamic where it's the music is part of the relationship and the relationship yeah. is part of the music yeah. And and it, it makes for a different um a different set of goals, a different set of uh what's the word? Um like satisfaction. Yeah. You know, because like if you were if you and Chris weren't together and you were in this band and he was working at Target or something. Right. right. Like, you know, you were going you'd do this bedroom tour with the band, it yeah. It it has an impact on the relationship. So the fact that you guys are together, you get to share this together, is the art meaningful still? I'm not sure what I'm saying here, but no, no, I, think, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, I think I think your answer is is like very, very articulate. And um, for my I guess for my from where I sit here on, on this little podcast and with all of my records here and everything, um, you've achieved it. I I, Thank I, you. I love you guys. I mean, I I really enjoy I'm, I'm just happy we, we discovered you that night with Margaret Glass. I'm yeah, me touch. too. Yeah. I'll say thank you. We we say bless anyone who comes early to a show. We were there. <laughs> yeah. And we always come early. My buddy and I, John, no matter who comes through town, we always go and see, unless we like can't. Right, right. Um, yeah, but yeah. we always go and see the opener because we, we've discovered so many cool artists along the way. You know, some of them, not as much. Yeah. Um, But I would say more than more than not, we have. So yeah. um, really appreciate it. And again, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me about. Oh, this is great. Uh, yeah, this is fun. I would love to. I would love to do this again on the next record, maybe. Oh yeah, you yeah, let me know. Sure. You know where to find us. I do. I, I I know where to find you. And if you come through Detroit, which I'm sure you will. Yes, you probably um, will. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely come by and and say hi and. Yes, please do. Myself. Um, but yeah, for those for those of you listening here today, I've got Carrie Alexander. We were talking about uh, her band and her her man's band. That's right. Um, Bad Bad Hats and their It Hurts 10 year anniversary. Pick it up. Uh, just came out on vinyl. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, pick it up, see them on tour. They're going to be doing a really cool tour this year, um, going to living rooms and playing really unorthodox places. Support them. She's a great person. I love them. Carrie, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Cool. Take care. That's awesome. Thank you. See ya.
me It's not about The open door It's not about Me It's not enjoyed this part two of my two-part discussion with Carrie Alexander of Bad Bad Hats. Uh, Carrie was a wonderful guest, definitely one of my favorite guests that I've spoken to thus far. Very open, honest, articulate with really where she comes from in terms of their songwriting and performing, uh, the history of the band, uh, a lot about the It Hurts EP, which we focused on here today. It was just a great conversation. And Carrie, it was great meeting you uh, recently at the Living Room Show in Detroit. Uh, love the arrangements, love the show, and it was a pleasure meeting you and Chris. Uh, so for those of you who um, who enjoyed this episode, go ahead and check out my Instagram account. That's where I spend most of my time posting my records, uh, promoting these podcasts, as well as the other things that we're doing over here. Um, you can also follow this show on any major podcasting platform. I know Apple Podcasts seems to be the most popular, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and the rest. Uh, we're going to close out this show today with one of the demos from the It Hurts EP, and it's of my favorite track on the EP titled Super America. And uh, we talked a little bit about this during the episode in terms of the alternate lyrics, so I thought it would be appropriate to add here. So we're going to close out this show. Thank you again for listening. Thank you, Carrie, for speaking to me. And again, this is the Super America demo by Bad Bad Hats.
date I want a Pepsi And a heart that won't break I want a Reese's And a nice boy to date I want a sweet tea